Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission, I am Eric. And I am Jason. And we are glad you guys are here with us today. We are, we are excited to have you guys back with us, and you know why we're excited, Eric? Why is that? Because we're excited to be back. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, because we're, we're going to do movie review today. We're excited to talk we about are, Yeah, We're excited see, to talk about this movie. But see, since you're the primary host of the show, I wanted to let you go oh, ahead and intro that. Oh, thank so you. Thank I'm, you. I, I'm, I dropped the ball on that. You did, I big did. time. Yeah, you're like, you set me up. You like had us everything, man. You just like, yeah, you literally lobbed the ball. What? Is it that button? I don't know. Try it and see. There yeah. we go. You picked right. <laughs> you chose right, my friend. You, you chose. chose. Yeah, you correctly. chose wisely. That's Is it wisely? Right. I think. What was have, the line? It was. It, the line was. Uh, you have. He, he, you have chosen. Wisely. wisely, yeah, yes, that is from uh, Last Indiana Crusade. The Last Crusade, yeah, when he's getting the the right. Holy Grail, the cup. That's it'll, a cup of a carpenter, right? It'll make me think twice about drinking out of a chalice. <laughs> let me just say that, <laughs> or goblet. <laughs> um, I, I was going to go off on Indiana Jones. No, let's take it back because oh, we got to talk about this. Very yes. good. Okay, very so good. here's the deal: we we yes. both went and saw yes, uh, Mission Impossible Six. Right, Mission Impossible. No, seven. seven. Is seven. it seven? It's seven. We're on seven now. Dead Reckoning. Yes. Yes. Reckoning. One of those. One of those numbers. I don't know. One of those right. Roman numerals. I didn't know which one. Um, and uh, we're gonna do a review for you guys today. Now, actually, what yes. we'll do is we'll probably do. Uh, let, let's do. Let's do this. Let's do kind of a non-spoiler sure. in the beginning. Sure. And then we'll give people time where they can go watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of our show to get uh, the full review. I and then we'll it. also talk about maybe possibly some other Mission Impossible stuff. I love it. Let's do okay, it. Okay. So let's do non-spoiler review. What yes. did you think, Jason? Loved it. Ten, 10 out of ten. Wow. Two thumbs up. <laughs> three snaps up in Z formation. Oh my gosh. I yeah. loved it, Eric. And yeah. you know what? I got to tell you, Tom Cruise really ticks me off because as right. a well. As a person, the guy is nuttier than a fruitcake. We he has <laughs> he has his eccentricities and he has his beliefs in Scientology, which makes all of us cringe and pucker our lips like we just sucked on a lemon. Yes. But I'll tell you what, he makes outstanding, fun-filled, entertaining movies. Yes, he does. And whether it's a drama or an action film. And this one or is Or comedy. Or comedy. That's right. Or comedy. He's well versed in comedy too, i.e. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie was just, I mean, kind of the cr- the cherry on the icing of great action films that he's done. This one, um, it took just a few minutes to build into it as far as the action is concerned. But the storyline, I felt, was solid throughout the whole film. Okay. The action was just amazing. I mean, the stunts are just blew my mind away. Yeah. And most of us already know that Tom Cruise does about 90% of his stunts in his movies. Yes. And so when we're watching him in the stunts, we're not watching his stuntman all the time. It's usually him on that motorcycle uh, jumping off a cliff like three, 355 feet up. And I mean, just or I mean, yeah, and, that, and that's not any spoilers because they've right. been they've been showing this um, before pre movie, right? You know, to exactly. kind of build up hype yes. for it, so they show this particular stuff. Exactly, but, but yeah, I loved it. It was it was heart pounding. It was suspenseful. It left me 
on the edge of my seat at times. I loved it. 10 out of 10, your turn. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give that? it, I'm going to say probably 7 to 7.5 oh, out of 10. Boo, you yeah. came out of the theater on Tuesday saying I've, that was I've awesome. Got, I've got to be, it was awesome. Okay. I did like it. But right, uh, right. in retrospect and thinking about it, okay. I did have, and there are, and I did too, there are some problems okay. that All I right. had with it. Okay. And um, I'll get into those in the spoiler section to uh-huh. get more specific. Okay, okay, okay. But I will say things that don't spoil it. I will say that the movie was too long for me. Okay, it was it was a little too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the pacing of the movie was a little off, and I, that to me that kind of coincides with the movie being a little too long. Okay. Um, let's see. Is there anything else I can say non-spoiler about it? Um, I will say I will say this because it's a non-spoiler. We talked about. It. The stunt, one of the things, and I'll talk about it more too probably in the, in the other section, but the stunt, uh, motorcycle stunt, mm-hmm. kind of knowing, pre-knowing what happened and then building it up so much okay. kind of ultimately <clears throat> blew it for me. Oh, I wish okay. they wouldn't have. I understand they were getting hyped for the movie. Yeah. I understand they were doing all that. Yeah. But I kind of <clears throat> wish they didn't tell me that. I wish I could have seen that after like maybe you know after the movie's been out for a few weeks then we hear tom cruise talk about the stunt because okay that would have been an awesome stunt to yeah. see but knowing that it was coming up yeah during the movie i kept thinking wait is it come no 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 this is not the right no way i kept <clears throat> focusing on it too much sure knowing that it was coming up okay and uh uh yeah so that was kind of disappointing it was a letdown because i thought to be honest i was really hyped about that stunt i was okay. really hyped about it okay and when i saw it i was kind of like uh, you know, it it just okay. it was too much hype okay. for that stunt. I okay. think, but it it was an awesome. What he did was awesome. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away. That sure. was unbelievable. Yeah. What he did, sure. But I just wish I would have been surprised. I okay. wanted to be gotcha. surprised. Okay, and if Fair I would have seen that, mm-hmm. knowing that he was going, okay, I can't. Well, anyway. You could. Getting to that spot where he was doing <laughs> right. it, you knew what was going to happen. Right. So right. there was no, you know, I wish I didn't know that because that would have been amazing to experience that okay. yeah. without knowing. So I think to me that was kind of a uh, that was kind of a, a moment of uh, <laughs> the stunt. The stunt was awesome. Oh the right. stunt was awesome. But uh, um, like I said, knowing that it was going to happen, it kind of took took the excitement away. Okay. Me. Okay. The stunt was awesome. It was great. I, there's nothing okay. wrong with it itself. Okay. It's just pre-knowing it. Yeah. Okay. So since you're focusing primarily on that motorcycle stunt, what did yes. you think about like the big car chase around the middle of the? Well, movie? let's not do the spoilers yet. Let's not. Are we going to do spoilers? All I said was car chase. <laughs> we don't know how well, it unfolded. There's always a chase in there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So okay, here's the deal. So I would say so. Jason, let's get to the spoilers. Jason says ten out of ten. He loved it. I loved it. Yes. Okay. Let me ask you this. <laughs> yes. Ranking this one out of the uh, Mission Impossible franchise, yes. Where would you rank this? Okay, so there's eight now, right? Uh, well, so let's say number one being the top movie, okay. Number eight being the bottom. Where would you rank this in the Mission Impossible franchise? I would rank this one probably fourth overall. Okay, fourth overall. So, and actually, the very first one I'm going to rank not first. I mean, it was good. It was a good suspense yeah. film. It didn't have as it was much. Very act- basic. Though. It was a very basic bread and butter introduction movie. But I'm actually going to say Ghost Protocol in my ranking. Ghost Protocol, which is the fourth one, is my favorite. That's the best one I like. And then you have um, after that, I'm going to rank uh, Mission Impossible three. Is my number two, my number, uh, my second favorite. The okay. third favorite film I have in my ranking is going to be the one after Ghost Protocol, which was Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, I think. 
Rogue Nation or Ghost Nation? Ghost Ro- Rogue Go- Nation. It was Rogue, Rogue Nation. Nation. Okay. And then uh, number four is going to be um, the one after Rogue Nation. See, uh, number six, I guess, and then would be number five would be Dead. No, number four would be Dead Reckoning, and then number five would be the sixth film. Before the, uh, I, I got <laughs> okay. lost track because there's so many of them. I'm yes, getting confused. I'm I don't know. Like, I wait, too. What? I'm getting confused too. Four, this, this is like the whole uh, who's on first, what's on second. So exactly. no, number four is number three, and number three is number eight. And number <laughs> somewhere right now, somewhere right now, Abbott and Costello are rolling over in their grave. So you would say in the franchise number, this would probably rank as the fourth best in for, your opinion. For me personally, fourth best. Okay. Yes. I would probably say I'd say probably about. I, I would say overall, yeah. I would probably say maybe the fifth for me, okay. fourth or fifth, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, cool deal. Yeah. Okay, now here's the deal, folks. Yes. We're going to go to spoilers. So if you do not want to hear any spoilers on this part of the review, uh, we will count down and you can pause the show, go watch the movie, and come back and finish the podcast. Or if right? you want to be lazy, just hit fast forward till the almost to the end. <laughs> oh, so we still get to listen? <laughs> exactly. Still got to get okay. the hits. Okay, so spoiler <laughs> review coming in five, four... Three, two, and one. Okay. Boom. Okay, go ahead. What, spoiler review. Okay. Car chase. Tell me about it. Okay, so the car chase, my favorite scene in the whole freaking movie. Yes. All right, sorry for the word there. But love this car scene. And what made it awesome was that it transitioned uh, from different cars. And it involved <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise and uh, Haley Atwell. For those of you who don't know who she is, she was in uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. She played Agent Carter, remember, in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so Haley Atwell is uh, one of the main characters in this film, and she and Tom Cruise are being chased after the U.S. government, rogue agents, and then international agents, and then international arms dealers. So, mm. <clears throat> excuse me, they have all of these groups of uh, shady people after them, and the, this car scene, uh, car chase scene, takes place in uh, Venice, Italy. Yes. And it's throughout the streets of the entire city of Venice. And what makes it really cool is that, again, it transitions from them uh, chasing or running away from everyone going after them in a BMW. And obviously, they're smashing against other cars, and they're going down staircases and all like that. Yeah. Then they jump ship when the BMW is too damaged to drive anymore, and they get into a little yellow Fiat that looks like an old beat-up 70s. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, it, well, the, the, what happens is that <laughs> They, they come around. He's looking for a safe car, right? Yeah, so exactly. it's like he like has a backup car yes. that, that that he can get away in. So yes. he goes over, and of course they show this real sleek. I think it was even an Italian sports car right there. And you're thinking, oh, James Bond. He's going to James Bond exactly Bond yeah. it right now, where you know he's going to get this sleek you know sports car. Exactly. You know, and he goes beep beep, and then all of a sudden you know the car pulls out, and <laughs> right? it's this little yellow park right? behind it, this exactly. little yellow Fiat, that's like 1970s right? or something, exactly. 60s Fiat. So he and Haley Atwell get into this little yellow. 70s, late 70s model Fiat, and this little thing is beep, 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 beep all the way along. But it's fast. But it was almost, it had to be like electric or something. I think, remember, because it hit the right. gas and it was like, pew, and it right. took off. Yeah, it like zipped off like a bat out of hell. Yeah. And so they're chasing, they're going through Venice in this little uh, Fiat, and what made it, again, really cool is that the camera angles were at a point to where, I mean, you could see every angle of the car chase. And, and let's also from, throw in there, they were handcuffed. Because they were at some point, yes. uh, uh, Ethan handcuffed, I can't remember her character's name. Uh, Grace. Grace, that's right. Ethan yes. handcuffed her because she would always try to get away. She's trying to get away. So right. he handcuffed exactly. her so he can keep track of her. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to drive. They keep switching around. They're trying to drive, yep. you know, one-armed handcuffed, you know. And and, and uh, all yeah, the while so they're doing donuts in this little Fiat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's like a one-minute, you know, like he, he's driving <laughs> right. and something happens and they kind of fall out of the car to get back in and then she's in the driver's seat. And it's right. like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, the, this, car, this car chase scene, again, it was the camera angles to me made it exciting because it was really up close. 
close. You got every angle, not just an aerial view, but a side to side close. And it was view. old school and car chase. It wasn't. It, was. it wasn't uh, AI generated. Nope, you know, not in, at all. in a in a side of studio where they just you know have uh, right. TVs all around. And so. then all the while, you had uh, Palm Clementif's character. Palm Clementif, if you know, folks, she's the uh, actress who played Mantis in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy films. Oh, she was. <clears throat> she yeah. played this this assassin. She's in this big, large uh, wannabe Hummer that's basically yeah. like a, an armored vehicle. She's bashing through the walls and running over cars in the city <laughs> of Venice, and she's mowing over everything like it's just yesterday's but, news. And it, but it wasn't just the fact she was mowing over. It was the fact that, that they were able to capture the joy, joy. on her face right. when she was just smashing the crap out of everything. And right. just, you know, She has this psychotic look on his face oh, like she just was, snorted 20 pixie sticks or something. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, she did, right. she did a great job. In she this. did, yeah. yeah. But yeah. so, yeah, that that was my favorite scene in the whole movie was that car chase scene, and I'm just like, okay, it was not it was not over embellished. Mm. I guess is the best way to describe. And look, some of the the scenes involving the other cars were a little bit okay. Did you really need to drive through an entire staircase on a four story building just to get to where you need to go? Maybe not. Yeah. But still, the main parts of it weren't over embellished. And again, I like that it was not digitally enhanced. It was 100 percent all natural. Yeah. And I, I would say for me, the car chase scene was perfect the way it is. I wouldn't change anything about it. Okay. I, I loved it. Um, I, I will say, uh, since we're talking stunts, I think here's the deal. I, I think that overall, the movie the movie was too long. Like I said, and I'll say this: the movie was too long. The car chase scene wasn't bad. I, I would leave that perfectly. That was perfect. I'd leave it alone. Wouldn't touch it. The one thing that did get me is the um, kind of the fight scenes. There's a part in the movie where uh, they go to a dance club, right? And they're going to do the main switch, you know, and try to get... Because the whole thing is they're trying to get these keys because this AI to unlock the code of the AI. And um, I think the, the fight scene was a little too much. And it was a little too telegraphed. Now, in this, like I said, this is spoiler. So in this, at this scene, we know that the bad... The bad guy working for the real baddie, bad which guy. is an AI, <clears throat> yep. essentially. Uh, but the bad, the human, the bad guy, which is uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh, Morales. Uh, we Isai were, Morales. Isai Morales. Yes. Yes. He uh, he was uh, um, he ends up killing uh, Ilsa. Yes. And that to me that was so telegraphed, and I did not like that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I did not like the way that played out. It just seemed like it, I, you knew it was going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's and and so and then and then of course you know in the meantime Ethan's trying to get to her and he's running and this and that and they had a great fight scene like in this little tiny alley it was very claustrophobic it was pretty cool but I yeah. think that, but it was so funny I was I was talking to somebody else about this I mean you had like in almost every scene you got Tom Cruise running full speed somewhere right he's like, exactly he's like he's running full speed at an airport he's running full speed uh, at you know this fight scene he's running full speed somewhere right. else I'm like this guy is he's faster than a cheetah and he, he can run longer <laughs> and, and he can run longer right. than a cheetah I think a cheetah can only sprint for like right. 20 seconds or something right? right he's going for like 5 minutes he's just running full speed all he all must places. have excellent cardiovascular health so I mean yeah it's like <laughs> sometimes it, it got a little silly with that I think and then like I said there are certain fight scenes and I will say um that yeah, it was just a little bit too long. The other scene that I like going since we're going on stunts, the trains was amazing. The train that was, a was amazing. Scene, yes. But once again, I think it was a little too long. I think they should have tightened up certain things and maybe they could have cut a few things out of that okay. and made yeah. it tighter. That's when I was talking about earlier about how the movie seemed like it was um 
was just a little bit too long. I think sometimes the downtime, the exposition was a little too long. They could have cut it, mm-hmm. and they could have got to the action a little quicker, and then they could have cut the action down a little bit. And that would that would have kind of uh, uh, brought down the runtime of the movie. Sure. But I just think that it, it almost like it stretched uh, it stretched it out a little bit too long. They give you a lot. Listen, they give you a lot. There, there really was no way to cheat that. I mean, for what they did, they weren't trying to cheat anybody. They were trying to give everybody. But I just think it was a little... Yeah. Sometimes it got to me, it got to be a little too much, a little overwhelming. And, and by the way, we missed one key thing that we need to talk about, and yes. that is the central plot of the film. So the plot involves this key that control... the These two... Two parts of that make one key that controls this AI um, technology called the entity. And apparently this entity is so powerful as an artificial intelligence that it can pretty much predict any scenario that happens, not only in the present, but in the future as well. And the whole this key is probably one of the most popular MacGuffins. In recent mm. movie history, for those of you who yeah. don't know what that term is, that's a uh, an Alfred Hitchcock term. A MacGuffin is a certain prop or a certain object uh, object in a movie that is the central driving force of the plot of the film. And so the whole point of this movie is everyone's going after this key to control this uh, AI thing called the Entity. And the character that Eric mentioned earlier, the Isai Morales' character, Gabriel. Gabriel, that was his name, yeah. Is apparently behind the whole thing. He knows, like, the entity controls him, and he knows the entity better than anybody else. And if he has the key to this entity, then he pretty much determines the fate of the world in the palm of his hands. Let me ask you about this. Now, his character, Gabriel, was not mentioned in any of the other Mission Impossibles, right? So he's a brand new character, but he's set up as a foe of, basically, they kind of go into the backstory of Ethan Hunt and saying that this guy was basically the catalyst of why he became who he became, even before the Mission Impossible franchise. Yes, correct. Did you you have a problem with that, or do you wish that maybe it would have been nice if maybe... Maybe there's some there was some reference in him with him in other movies. Maybe no, I didn't have a problem with it, and here's why: okay. because it did not take away from the central plot of the movie. It did not take okay. away from the interest of the movie, and the way they introduced him as kind of an essential driving force in Tom Cruise's character's purpose was important because they didn't overdo it. They didn't try and spend uh, two hours of the three hours of the film explaining why he was an important character in Tom Cruise's past. Mm. All we see are just a couple of flashbacks. Some flashbacks, yeah. Yeah. It's not like other movies where they try and make that connection. They try and overdo it by making that connection. They were very subtle with it, so I didn't have a problem with it. Here's the deal, too. Okay, so um, a couple of points on that. Um, yeah. That I'm gonna and, and I'll ask you about what you think too. Okay, yes. so going back to the entity, you're talking about the main plot of the movie. Yes. What did did you have? I'll tell you what I thought. Okay, yeah, I please. I kind of had a problem with that because just because it is used so much now, and I understand we're in a technological world and and AI is such a big discussion. I do understand why they used it. Yeah. But I for me, I'm almost kind of tired of it. I kind of almost wish they had like a bad guy you know what i mean like maybe a guy controlling the entity right that they're trying that they ultimately have to get to or maybe right. they will in the second movie i don't know in the, in the part two of it maybe they'll, they'll have they'll have more story yeah. to give us there 
But the the way that the, that they used the AI, I just thought, nah. To me, it was more a cop out. I was like, okay, here we go again with more AI. Mm-hmm. We've already seen this kind of plot in other movies, yeah, similar. You know, where the AI is going rogue, or they have to shut it down, or they've. Got, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is all the way back to 2001: A Space Odyssey with Hal, right? I mean, exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't think so, Dave. Yeah, I don't think so, Dave. What I, are you doing, Dave? I can't do that. Dave. Why are you tickling my microchips, Dave? <laughs> exactly. I do not go at warp. Speed. Speed, Dave. So That's anyway. the wrong franchise, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You can't beam me up, Dave. Uh, that's, Dave. That's okay. Right. Okay, we're going up. We okay, are. what did you think? What did you think about him being the the, the, the big baddie so far? The entity. Um, Eric, it scared me. To be honest with you, because it might be true, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when you look, the, sure. This, this movie, <laughs> this movie is fiction, and by uh, we know what fiction means, but yet it deals with something that is very, very relatable and very realistic to this day, and that's AI technology, like you just alluded to, and it scares me because uh, of the fact that the people in real life who are creating AI technology don't really know about the power that they are creating. Mm-hmm. And that's partially what this movie is about. It's really about not just the AI, Eric, but it's about control. It's about power. Sure. When you create that power, are you going to be able to resist using it to the point where you're going to try and dominate the world or try and hurt others, or are you going to use it for good? And it just proves just how human we really are when it comes to temptation and when it comes to having that power in our hands. And again, it scared me because even though this movie is fiction, I mean, this stuff can realistically happen. Yeah. And we're not 20 years away from this, folks. We're This technology is on our doorstep as we speak. It just hasn't become as advanced yet as it was portrayed in the movie. Well, if you listen to some <clears throat> theories, uh, uh-huh. AI has already taken over and we're just basically living in a simulation right that, now. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> so, Wait a minute. Yeah. Did you swallow the blue pill or the red pill? Uh, I don't know. I don't even remember. <laughs> so, I think I'm, I'm in the black pill at this right? point. Uh, just, but, I don't believe anything and we're all doomed. Now, with no. that being said, I did think that the entity overall as the main villain in the movie kind of, um, kind of didn't need to be revealed right away i would yeah. have liked to have seen it revealed towards the end of the movie or maybe mm. even in the second part of dead reckoning because here's the deal you know that they're using you know that's one of the thing about the mission impossible franchise is that they use the latest technology it's like a james bond exactly. i think mission impossible tv show was always kind of a james bond ripoff anyway right I mean, okay. they have technology they've got the mask you know they, they have different things they use but it was kind of yeah. james bondish right with all the gadgets exactly so they're using technology but this thing is infiltrating all the technology that they're using and messing with them and, and making it harder for them to you know to yeah. carry out their task. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, you're right. It would have been kind of fun to just like have this stuff always screw up, but you don't know who's doing it. What the heck's going on? You know, it's yeah. like like that part in and mm-hmm. when uh, uh, what what is his name? Uh, uh, oh, I can't forget Simon Pegg's character. Uh, Benji. Benji. When Benji yeah. was telling him, you know, he, he's guiding uh, uh, Ethan Hunt. That's why he was running through the streets to try to, right. to try to save Elsa. And he's like, oh, no, turn left, turn right. And then the AI takes over with, with yep. Benji's voice <laughs> and sends him on this wild goose chase. Yeah. It, you know, that would have been, like you're saying, that would have been great if it wasn't revealed. Like, you're like, who's doing this? What's going on? You know? Yeah, exactly. You're right. That, that is great. That's a great thought. I, I didn't think about that. that. That is awesome. That should have happened. Yeah. It would have made it a, a stronger movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so um, going to the other part, Elsa. The the um, here's the other other problem, kind of a little problem I had too, because you in the very beginning, Ethan Hunt meets Grace, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you can tell immediately, boom, there's chemistry. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there is, I mean, it's like almost like they're ready to tango dance. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, there was like some big time chemistry between them. But then you have Elsa in there too. Here's the deal. I I I wish they would have maybe had this. They kind of had this like love triangle thing going on. Yeah. And they didn't really have it, but they kind of had it. You know, it was one of those things that was just imp- kind of implied. You couldn't really, right. wasn't really said in the movie. So I wish they would have kind of left that out because what it did, I think, and is it took away from Ilsa's death. If I okay. think her death would have had more impact. I didn't really feel much when she died. Did you? No, not really, because they, it felt to me like they were just gradually filtering out her character. Yeah, like they anyway. got to get rid of her so he can be with... So she can be with Ethan. He can be with Grace. Oh, be with Grace. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, if, now, um, yeah. So I I kind of... And it felt like that that was kind of going the way in the previous film as well, because, I mm. mean, she still had a prominent role in the previous film, but it, it wasn't as much as it was in the other film that she was in. And when I when I pull up the list of the movies here, we have... Um, so she... Okay, Mission Impossible Fallout was the name of the previous film before this one. Uh, she was in that one, and then she was also in uh, Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation, which she, that was her. That was when he first met her. Um, yes, correct. Yeah. So yeah, I, I. So I. To be honest, I really like. I really like the dynamic between it, and I knew, and to, and I thought. You know, they're kind of foreshadowing. I thought, okay, she's dying in this one. Well, I already knew that this was going to happen. Go ahead. And then also, I was just going to say, she's also important to Ethan because remember, in uh, at the end of Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, um, <clears throat> they brought back Ethan's wife from the third film, Michelle Monaghan's character. Yeah. And so they took, they went to the effort of kind of writing her character out of the series altogether. Because mm-hmm. if you remember in the third film, Ethan gets engaged to her, gets married, tries to live a provincial life, no longer as an MI, uh, as an IMF agent until he gets called back into the fold. She gets kidnapped. Long story told short, he realizes that he can't stay married to her while her life, while posing a risk to her health yeah, and her sure. life. And so uh, she was in the third film. The fourth film, she was only in the very end of it. And then we didn't see anything all, uh, at all of her in the other subsequent films. Enter Ilsa Faust. Ethan still has to have some kind of a love interest, right? Yeah. And so that's where she plays a prominent role. But they did a great job with her. The thing the thing is sad about that, too, is they did a great job with her character because she was his equal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and that, and, that, and, and and what was always great about that is that her character, they, oh, they wrote her amazingly because it's like, does she have another ulterior motive? She always had an ulterior motive, right? She and you never knew that, whether it was to save Ethan or whether she was working for somebody else. There was always this ulterior motive. I think in this one, they got a little lazy with her character. I mean, I, I kind of like that intrigue where you weren't sure where she where her loyalties lied. Mm-hmm. And in this one, I don't know, it just kind of seemed like, okay, you know, she's with him. That's great. And then I was like, eh, she's, she's going to bite the dust. I mean, I knew it. I knew it was coming. They foreshadowed it. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, you know. <clears throat> and, and it really, t- and my whole point wrapping, wrapping up in, on this one is that, you know, with the, with the addition of Grace, I mean, they had to have someone else in there, and I understand that. But the addition of her so early, it's almost like, and, and the connection that they had, it was almost like they took away from Ilsa's character. Um, cause it was almost like, you know, Oh, Ethan, you're interested in her now. So I'll go ahead and die. I don't know. You know, that's what right. I mean. That's kind of the feeling I got. And I thought yeah. she was such a great character. I loved, <laughs> I loved her character cause she was, uh, Ethan Hunt's equal. Yep. Like I said, she, and, and foil to some extent, cause there's, there's times that she would kind of mess him over. 
Um, and she had more of a shady checkered past than he did. Yeah. You know? So ah, it's really, it was really sad to see her go. It was really it was. sad. And I don't think they did her right. I think yeah. if they took her out, I don't, I don't mind that, but I think they, it should have been a, a bigger, it should yeah. have been a lot bigger than what it was. Another spoiler for all of you Mission Impossible fans. They brought back a favorite from the original yes. movie. No, not Emilio Estevez's character, Jack. He was killed. They brought back... Jeremy Renner's character? No. No, that you're thinking much later, the fifth film. I'm thinking... <laughs> I know They brought back about. a character, an actor by the name of Henry Cherney. His last name is spelled C-Z-E-R-N-Y. He played CIA director Eugene Kittredge in the first yes. film. Yes. He makes a return appearance in this movie. Yes. So, And that was unique because, <clears throat> as you know, Eric, and all the other uh, previous films, uh, they've gone through different directors in every single movie. Henry Cherney in the first one. Anthony Hopkins was the director, I think, in the mm. second one. Uh, in the third film, you had Lawrence Fishburne, who was oh, okay. the, the director. In the fourth film, Ghost Protocol, it was Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Or yeah. Billy, Billy Crudup. No, it was Alec Baldwin. And then Alec okay. Baldwin character carried over into Mission Impossible Fallout, where his character was killed. Well, he was in Rogue Nation also. Rogue Nation also, yeah. yeah. And so then enter in this one, then they bring back Eugene Kittredge for Dead Reckoning here. So uh, it's, it was kind of fun to see him come back because I always wondered, well, what happened to Eugene Kittredge? You know, he just fell off the face so of the I, movie. So that's or... the one part that I, I kind of missed maybe, and, and you might have caught. So was yeah. he always there, just another agency or, or kind of just working in the shadows then? Is that why? or Because it's like he just, all of a sudden he just pops up and he's there, right? right There's exactly. really no explanation of where he came from or what happened to him. Or, nope, not at all. Because didn't he, he kind of went rogue, right, in one of them. And they ended up, didn't he end up, uh, what did they end up doing with him? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'd have to go back and watch, but I think he kind of went, Rogue, because didn't Ethan actually, uh, uh, you know, he was the foil to Ethan in one of the Mission Impossibles? Well, yes and no. So towards the end of the first Mission Impossible film, uh, if you recall, Vanessa Redgrave, who played the international arms dealer known as Max, uh, was, um, she was, I don't want to say captured, but at the very end of the film, uh, Eugene Kittredge and his aides uh, find her, and they find out that she's the one who has been trying to steal, who is trying to steal that knocklist. That was mm-hmm. the driving force of the plot of the first film. Okay, and so the only thing we see at the very end of that film is he talking to Vanessa Redgrave's character, and then she says to him. Uh, my lawyers are going to have a field day with this entrapment, international uh, espionage. And then he says to her, oh, I think we can find a way to keep the courts out of this. And then she says to him, I'm listening, my dear boy. And mm. so after that, that's it. We don't know what happens to him. So, yeah, yeah hmm. I mean, we, we can only assume that being a CIA uh, director, he probably went under underneath or but the, underground. The, but he wasn't, was he CIA or because the... Uh, he was CIA. Okay, because the uh, IMF is like a whole different... IMF it's is like this whole ghost... Organization, yeah. they're, right? They're kind of like a, they're kind of like a, a black ops off the books organization. Yeah, it's like they exist, but they don't exist to the general public. Like nobody else knows about them. Only the CIA knows about them. Okay, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah I, I I love they brought him back. I, I think he was great. I, I wish he would have brought him back in some other ones. To right? Be yeah, yeah. Right. Me too. I, yeah. I would have loved to see that. But too. but he did. And going back to that, you know, um, uh, with his character, you know, going and that, and then wrapping the the plot. Uh, going back to the plot, wrapping that up is. Uh, uh, with the entity is that kind of what you were talking about you know you have all these organizations that are trying to get this or governments because of the power mm-hmm. they think they can control this thing all the time 
uh, we have Gabriel, Gabriel, the character, telling us that it can't be controlled. Right, right. Right? And then, and then the, the other part of that is that, you know, Ethan wants to get it, but not to control it, but to destroy it. So yeah. you kind of have all these factors working at the same time. Exactly. You're right. I don't know. You know, Dead, Dead Reckoning Part 2, it might have been nice for them to kind of leave the entity out of it until maybe the, the reveal either right at the end or in the next movie, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it would have been nice to see, like, the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Gabriel maybe is the the big baddie in this one, and right. then carry over saying, "Well, I'm really working for." Yeah, I, I would have know. liked to have seen the big reveal at the end that just made you go, "No way!" <laughs> you know, instead we got the big reveal shortly, like thirty minutes into the movie. What? Well, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if there's <laughs> you know? more to the plot because they kind of like oh, just, there has to be. they threw everything. All the cards are on the table now, right? right. Which is yeah. that that's the whole difference about with with Mission Impossible is usually you never even really know. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. You know, they're kind of hiding everything from the audience until like, right. oh, this and that, you know, or. There, it's always a no-win situation, and Ethan has his whole plan worked yep. out where it was like, you know, oh, he already worked it out, you know, exactly. two scenes ago, and we're just finding out about it. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, anyway, I, so I will say yes. I mean, I, I'd give it a 7. I'll, I'll push it to 7.5. I, the stunts were amazing. The runtime was a little bit long. I'm really sad what they did with Elsa's character. Okay. Um, Tom Cruise, though, I mean... <laughs> Here's the deal, though. As far as movies in the theater now, right. this definitely, you know, it smokes them all. I mean, you had, you know, there's not too many good movies out there right now. Nope. But, you know, this one up against the others, there's no way. There's no competition right now. Right. And I will say that this. I, that I, I will say this. As a longtime pop culture fan, primarily uh, of Marvel and DC, uh, I've enjoyed all of these comic book themed movies that have come out, most of them, in the last 15 to 20 years. But I will say this, watching this movie reminds me that a really good quality action film can be just as entertaining as watching a big screen adaptation of Captain America or Spider-Man or Superman. And it really harkens back to the days for me when I was a kid and I would get excited at the latest Arnold Schwarzenegger action film Mm. coming out or Sylvester Stallone action film or Jean-Claude Van Damme action film coming out. It's like I wanted to see those movies and this shows that good quality action films can still be great if they're done the right way. Well, and and on, and on on that note, you know, you brought up a lot, you brought, brought up something right now um, yeah. that I was thinking about uh, when you were saying that is that, you know, you had a very good, strong male character mm-hmm. in this film. And there yes. was really no, I mean, besides the political intrigue, the character itself had no politics. I mean, you know, Ethan Hunt has always been that. And that's what I like about the Mission Impossible series is that Ethan Hunt is, he's, he, he yeah. is, he is doing a job as well as trying to protect his friends. That was a big part of this movie too. They kept saying, which I'm kind of worried who's going to eat it in the next one because they kept saying friends, friends, friends. All this foreshadowing, right? Mm -hmm. We we love our friends. It's like, oh, here we go. So anyway, okay. So anyway, but, uh, you know, he's he's trying to protect his friends, protect, uh, you know, the world, not just, you know, America. It's uh, really trying to do what what is best, you know, and, yeah. and he has this moral code that, that you know, you don't see a lot in these movies these right. days. You know what I mean? It's always yep. this, this convoluted <clears throat> junk and these mm-hmm. characters are, you know. So I, I really, that's one of the things that stands out for me too and, you know, that you don't see a lot in these movies and, and it really, really uh, strikes a big point with me. Cool. A uh, positive point with me on that. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, you bet. Um, any last thoughts <clears throat> on... And, and, you know, that was the thing. Like I yeah. said, with the Mission Impossible franchise, it's always been that way. It's kind of sad that it is going to come to an end. But, I mean, Tom right? Cruise, how old is that guy? 
He's uh, he's actually in close to his sixties. If he's you not know, in his sixties right now. Oh my gosh! Seriously. So I mean, he can't do it forever. And I and that's the thing. I don't think. And that's what's different about this. And you know, we heard about with Indiana Jones. They were trying to, which I don't think they are now because right. it didn't work too well. They were trying to pass this off to somebody else. They tried to do it with Shia LaBeouf's character. It didn't work. It didn't work. And now they tried to do it with that. Uh, uh, Your favorite actress, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Phoebe Waller Bridge. <laughs> and uh, and and that doesn't sound like that's happening because she got no. fired from uh, yeah she did huh? yeah so uh, that's not gonna happen but so in this one i hope they don't have to really pass it off i think they should just wrap it up it is what it is they can always do other things go but... out on a high note yeah so <laughs> anyway agree. any any last thoughts on a mission impossible my last thoughts on mission impossible are simply this fun movie it is like eric said it is long but fun movie Go see it. It's one of those films that deserves to be viewed in the theater. You're right. You're right. It does. Yeah. Go watch it. You will not come out disappointed. Yeah. You're right. I'm going to I'm gonna totally agree with you. Yes. This is definitely a theater movie. Uh, I don't know if the home viewing could do it no justice. Way. No way. Yeah. Even with Dolby surrounding your house. The stunts had justice. me stressed out. I mean, I was literally stressed <laughs> yeah, right, uh, right. during some of those stunts. That train... The train was phenomenal, especially when they were on top of the train. It was oh yes, it was yeah. freaking phenomenal. That was so amazing. yeah, my yeah. last thoughts are yeah, definitely go see it as well. It is a theater movie. It is a good movie overall. I'm just yeah. being super hyper picky about it. I can but tell. Overall, it's a good movie. So <laughs> yes, definitely check it out. Yep. Whoa, that all right, folks. Which, this uh, podcast <laughs> is going to self self destruct in five seconds here. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's if, we, our cue. if you choose to accept this, if podcast, we choose to accept the podcast. Which yeah. you will because you're going to follow us on Facebook at Pardon the Intermission. There you go. And on Twitter at? Twitter or X, whatever you like to call right. it, at uh, PTI underscore podcast. Don't forget to download the show, leave us a rating, and leave some comments on our social media pages. Let us know how we're doing, folks. All right, guys. Take care, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.